it's almost the weekend. Oh, I love it when you sing to me, Darian. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite things. It's second only to when I see your drawings, which, um, you know, that's truly the pinnacle for me. Oh, oh my of, God. Of yeah. Content from Darian. You're, um, you're definitely into the unhinged stuff that I'm able to produce in that case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every time I see a new one of your drawings, it's just, it brings me so much joy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really yeah. miss going to like um, Dr. Sketchy's and life drawing and stuff yeah. all the time. That was really fun. When you're back in Melbourne, we'll go to Drawing Straws, which is like on every Tuesday night. Um, and it's just a smaller crew at the Butterfly Club to do burlesque life drawing. Oh, sick. That sounds amazing. Um, yeah. If you're in Melbourne and have the have the urge to check it out, dear listener, please do and say hello to me. If I'm not there, say hello to Sarah. She hosts it. Um, she's a lovely lady. Hell yeah. Great shout out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing yeah. good. I had a, a bit of a busy week, so I'm a bit, um, a bit crushed right now, but like happy to be here, happy to be singing to you. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's, I've, I've been playing a couple of video games. I've been, I've been picking up that controller and getting that gamer fuel in my tum-tum. Um, <laughs> the way uh, you said tum-tum just then gave, gave me a little bit of life, gave me a, <laughs> you know, some sort of gentle reassurance. I quite liked it. Um, yeah, just, oh man, having an absolute ball with Dark Souls 3 at the moment. Yep um still still playing cankles oh my god you know i should have called him fando 2 we're calling mm. him fando 2 from now on that that is definitely that's, what that's I fine. cankles done. cankles can stay pretty, we can use cankles for another character <laughs> yeah that's right um yeah really really cool i've been playing the fallen knight character um mm. that i that i talked a little bit about last week and i beat i beat uh yorm who is the big fat lord of cinder Yep. He's like the gimmick boss in Dark Souls 3 that is honestly not that good, but the boss fight goes for about, like, 20 seconds, so it's not the end of the world. He's um, the one who has, like, the big storm blade, right? And he's... Yeah, you got to, like, go and pick it up, and then you got to, like, throw wind at him. Um, yep. And, you know, FromSoft have this history of trying out gimmick bosses, but, like, none have been as good as the one in Demon Souls. Um, which one was that one? Which was, like... Uh, a boss room where you could fight another player as the boss. Oh, wow, that's cool. Um, yeah, and they, like, they do do that again in the Dark Souls 3 DLC, but, like, they had a bunch of gimmick bosses in Elden Ring where, you know, you got to pick up the weapon and use the weapon to do damage to the boss, and it's just, I don't know, I don't think it works that well. Mm. Um, anyway, yeah, I beat, uh... I beat that slag and then um, rolled my die and uh, I landed on a sadist torturer character. Um, oh. and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like I'm all about like bleeding and poison and my yeah. armors. I got that like spiky armor that damages yeah. enemies when you roll. Um, and it's just so much fun just running around being an absolute unhinged sadist lad. Um, yeah, it just, man, what a, what a great game. It's just so much fun to play. That's awesome. Demo sent me, or Twilight Priest Demo sent me a message the other day, maybe yesterday. What's time? I don't know. <laughs> um, saying that he jumped in on, um, 
Dark Souls DLC. Oh. Um, for Dark Souls 3, because he's got his fancy new Gamer Boy laptop. Oh, you uh, mean the the mod? The mod sorry, stuff? The mod, mod, sorry. Listeners, I'm so hungover right now. I'm like <laughs> hanging on by a thread. I've had a grand total of about 30 minutes of sleep that I wasn't even sure was actually sleep. Could have been a feed uh. dream. So, um, yeah, he's, he said he's running some um, Dark Souls 3 mod called Daughters of Ash. He says, it's- holy crap, completely changes the game. It's unreal. Wow, isn't that isn't that the one you talked about in the news last week or the week before? It might have been a few weeks ago now, and I'm not sure if it was Daughters of Ash. I think it was called something else. Uh, right, oh, they're, all the names are like that, you know, they're like yeah. Harbinger of Hollow or some shit. Yeah, like- <laughs> yeah. Harbinger of Hollow, yeah, that's a great word. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Damo's up on the mod stage, which I'm glad I sort of, I feel as though I influenced that a little bit, you know, like oh, gave dude. him the, the the breadcrumbs and let him walk himself to the bakery a little bit. Absolutely. You yeah. uh, you can't lead a hollow to, oh, I don't know where that analogy's going. Well, that's all right. That's um. <laughs> Estus, you can't lead a hollow to Estus. <laughs> oh, you sure dear. can force him to drink that shit. Oh, dear. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, that's sick, dude. I I I would love to check that out. The the FromSoft modding scene is like off chops. I feel Mm. like they've just got so much creativity in like making those games interesting for veteran players. Yeah, yeah. I trust that community with uh with my with my um Dark Souls. Storm Stormblade. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we're, we're not we're, we're not hitting the uh the dingers on these analogies, people. Um so yeah, played a bit of Dark Souls 3, uh kicked up that Moon Scars kicked up. Oh god. Oh. Oh, it's gonna be one of those episodes. Um and yeah, that's uh that's me. That's how I'm doing. How about you, dude? How's uh how's that hangover treating you? Oh, it's pretty rough, my guy. I I sort of phase between, you know, being semi-okay and not okay at all. So you're going to have to, I mean, maybe you won't be able to. Maybe the listener will have to carry this episode forward for us. Yeah, it's looking like that. I would have loved to been able to carry it, but already my words are all over the place. That's fine. That's (laughs) fine. That's fine. Look, I'll probably come good as we go as well. There might be a bit of a, you know, wake me up inside style thing happening. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm good. I went out and saw a gig last night at the forum with my buddy Laura, and it was a good time. Tickets supplied by the wonderful Darian here. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was a dancey, improv-y, incredible good time. Uh, Mark Rib... Rib how, how do I say his last name? Ribier? Oh, this is why I call him the McRib. It's I think McRib. it's Mark Ribier. Mark Ribier? Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> um... Yeah, he put on a hell of a show. There was lots of, like, audience jumping on stage, dancing around with him. It was yeah. fantastic. He's, he's, he's got that energy. He, he yeah. definitely brings the kind of uh, pandemonium. Yeah, the vibes were so immaculate. Just the moment that he starts doing stuff, it's just like the, you just feel the room just start smiling. It's fantastic. <laughs> That's so great. Um, so, yeah, that was good. That was good. Had a few too many babies. Um and yeah i've been playing some games i've been playing quite a few games this week actually oh my god played a bit of factorio got up to the point where i'm all i'm no longer in control of anything (laughs) i don't know what's happening (laughs) the world is falling apart around me oh that's Um, great 
play a bit of Hunt, which was fun. My friend is putting together one of those. I don't know if you've seen them. You might have. It's it's like a montage. Like they used to do them for like Call of Duty, and oh. it would be like you know thirty seconds to Mars or whatever in the background playing. Like, <laughs> yeah, Come wake yeah. me up. Yeah, that was, um, <laughs> dude. Like CS:GO. Like, I yes. feel like yeah, 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 yeah. And the you know on screen will be like a way too flared out, you know, scaled up wrong pixel aspect ratio. <laughs> 360 no scope of someone jumping off a roof and no scoping someone it's uh it's, man he's doing that for out we've got like a bunch of hunt hunt clips from the over the, the last 12 months that oh, he's cutting cutting together into a montage and i'm so pumped to see it oh my god so, yeah, played great. a little bit of hunt played uh, a good chunk of moon scars which yeah, okay. i'm to talk about with you and um i think that's it i think that was pretty much it lovely yeah, yeah. lovely that's a that's a very broad spectrum of uh, video games you got there. Yeah, I mean, I also downloaded a few, like um, the few on my radar that I'm tempted to play, and also a couple to put on the list for the following months. Not next month, the following months. Um, game club. List. Yeah, cool. I got um, Hi-Fi Rush, which has sort of taken taken a few people by surprise. Oh yeah, that's the new like rhythm game, right? By yeah, by Tango Gameworks, the people yeah. who did bloody the, the evil horror. within. Evil within, thank you. Yeah, yeah, you saved my life. Uh, Tinykin, I downloaded as well because it's on Game Pass. Looks like a really fun little time. Might Ooh. go on the um, game club list because it's only five hours long, supposedly. Oh, lovely. Um, for some reason, Tinykin has the Vampire Survivors logo in in my list right now. It's very strange. <laughs> Maybe uh, Vampire Survivors is like a virus. It's leaking yeah. into other games. It's doing weird shit. And then another one called Young Souls, which is like a co-op um, PC game, oh, cool. um, like a side scrolly beat 'em up, which has really really cool looking animations. I kind of just wanted to check the animations out for it. To be honest. Right. I wonder if that's a uh, sequel to Elder Souls. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> or a prequel uh, would make more sense. Or a prequel. <laughs> um, it's, uh, and then I also got Persona 4 Golden on here. Oh, yeah. I just went through the bloody Game Pass list of the Lord and it just kept showing me stuff that I wanted to play. And so I just kept clicking download, man. Hell yeah. God, so, we're really... Um, we've really become Microsoft sluts these last couple of weeks. It's, yeah, uh, who is my PlayStation Five? I don't know her at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, it sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably too many games. Um, probably never play any of them, but they're there. <laughs> they're there. They're there for you to look at the thumbnails. That's right. The recursively more corrupting thumbnails. As I was talking through that and like clicking on the games, the thumbnails would disappear. Like my Xbox <laughs> app is just like completely going, going <laughs> off, off, off chops right now. It, it's hung over oh. as well. And I also played a good chunk of Escape from Tarkov. Oh, right. Yeah. You said you wanted to get back into that. Yeah. So I have this, this idea, right? And this is a little bit of a role-playing thing. So go with me. Yeah. Um, in Escape from Tarkov, the game is like super focused on being like a hardcore military shooter, duda, escape and get out and loot and do quests and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, there's two types of people that play it. Okay. There's, there's the rats and these people <laughs> are the ones that scurry around. They don't want to get in engagements with other players or, uh, NPCs. They just want to do their quests and get out. 
All right. And they're just sort of, you know, they, they really avoid fights. That sounds um, like me. I'd be a rat. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a rat too. And then uh, there, are, there are the chads. And the chads <laughs> are like these, you know, they bring all of their most expensive gear into the raid and they're just looking for PvP. They, they're just like clicking head. They're loving it. <laughs> um, and usually it's... The, oh, there's another one. There's the Timmy, which is the third sort of more elusive type, which is just like the new player i'm effectively a timmy right now like anyone between like level zero and level i think 10 or something is considered a timmy okay is that a south park reference like what does that mean i don't know what the reference is it's like timmy two shoes i can't remember timmy uh yes there's, there's a there's a follow-up to the, the rest of that name but right, Timmy is right. yeah is the noob yep um anyway so i wanted to create my own version of of a character Mm-hmm. And and my idea was to be the Tarkov wartime photographer. Oh! So I, I load into a map and I use the VoIP, like the the chat, to you know find people and take their photos. Oh my and god! Like, I don't go in with like you know I go in with a pistol, so if I see a scav, I can defend myself if I need to. Mm-hmm. But like other than that, I've just got like this armor that you can wear that says "Press" on the front, <laughs> 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 and I'm gonna like try and like you know dress up, get some like um you know, dorky looking sunglasses, dorky looking press hat, oh and just like God. take take screenshots, um, hide all the UI, and just, uh, you know, become the dude who like takes people's photos in Tarkov. Oh my God, that sounds like so much fun. Mm, mm. Great role playing so idea. Yeah, so I'm sort of working my way up to like learning the maps and trying to not just be terrible at the game first, mm-hmm. and, then, and then I'm going to try and weasel my way into being the the role that i want to be yeah sick that sounds like a lot so, of fun yeah. yeah so tarkov has been been a real good time hell um, yeah yeah you want some chicken nuggies feed me up sunshine i would love a chicken nuggie right now <laughs> um okay so first piece of news uh forspoken came out this week or last week i should say uh-huh. And um, there was a lot of discourse around this, uh, right. this game. Do you know Forspoken? Um, I don't know that much about it, but I did see this. I just saw a lot of the same thing, which is just like a really weird thing I see people do with video games that have mm. just been released. I mm. think like... Gamers are really good at, like, holding themselves hostage. And, <laughs> and like, I, you know, like, for whatever reason, they've got to play the latest game. And yeah. with this one, I just saw so much discourse around, you know, like, the writing's really bad. But if you push through, yeah. like, the, 14, the first 14 hours of, like, bad story and bad writing, like, yeah. things start to open up and it's like, yeah, dude... Yeah you're paying for that experience, you know? Like, <laughs> you could you could be doing other things, like, oh, I don't know, I just feel like there's a real weird kind of, this is my hobby and so I've got to, like, have do, to do it, it regardless yeah. of, like, whether I'm enjoying it or not, and that's just so weird to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I agree. So, part you, you sort of lean, uh, uh, heading towards what the discourse was about, that... There was heaps of like not leaked but um, you know released uh, review copy what would you call it videos of mm-hmm. um, 
of some early sections of the game showing the main character doing some dialogue and just oh, yeah. like hamming it up because I don't know why. Um, <laughs> and it's some of like some of the worst dialogue and some of the worst like you know cutscene direction that I've seen in a long time. But yeah. the the problem was that everyone, well, not everyone, the, there was like a, a divide. You know, there was a bunch of people who were like, "Yeah, this is this is bad." You know, this is not looking like a game that I want to play. Why are we doing this style of writing? It's just like mm-hmm. we should leave it with Guardians of the Galaxy, and and that's kind of that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. It's that it's that style of writing that's like, uh, so did that just happen? And, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. a thing. Like that that kind of like, I don't know. Is, do you have a word for that? Oh, I mean, it just, it's just kind of like shitty fanfic writing and Mm. like, to be clear, shitty fanfic writing because fanfic writing can be really good. Um, but this is just like placing a lot of emphasis on like kind of personal drama that doesn't exist. And it's, Mm. it's that kind of classic, you know, superhero movie one liner. Oh fuck. Did that just happen to me? You know, like, and that doesn't really make you care about characters. And, like, when it's, like, a, a spectacle, like a, a modern superhero movie, you're, like, in and out in two hours, and, like, if you don't like it, it's not the end of the world. But this is, like, a fucking 80-hour open-world game, and being, like, spending that much time with a shit character, like, I just... There's no yeah. way I would I would be able to last. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's um it's a weird one uh so there's people saying like you know um let's not judge this before you've had a chance to play it you know give it a chance i don't think the writing is that bad mm-hmm. and i'm just like i don't know i'm i'm kind of on the other side of the aisle where it's just like this looks you don't need to play this to to know <laughs> that this is just objectively not good visually you know like not good writing yeah. scene looks bad yeah. something's something's very wrong and then other people, there's this other side that's like, oh, why are we so harsh on everything these days? Not everything needs to look amazing or like... <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I think video games are big enough and the internet is big enough that there's just every opinion now. Yeah, you all know? the time. And it's just yeah. like, I think, I think for the people that are out there and aren't on Twitter and they buy this game and they have a good time. Like they're my fucking heroes. Yeah. yeah, Those guys, those are, they're the saviors. (laughs) Yeah. They're absolutely slaying it. And the people who are like not buying it and like not adding to the discourse, you're also doing great. You know, it's just like, it, it does feel weird when something comes out like this, where like, I don't know. I feel like gamers think every video game should be for everyone when they yeah. are kind of AAA and they have a certain marketing budget, and that's just—it's just not the case. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of—it's kind of a weird first nugget. It's a bit of a deformed one. I don't really <laughs> have much more to say about. It. I just wanted to be like, hey, you know, Forspoken came out, and there was a bunch of dumb discourse about it, and I wanted to just add to that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like I like uh, doubling down on the dumb discourse on this podcast for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yearn for uh, silence, Father, but I'm I'm screaming <laughs> at the same time. Oh dear. Um. So the next piece of news, and this one's also kind of malformed. I don't really have any good news. But the last <laughs> piece of news is kind of good, but anyway, um, the Last of Us TV show is releasing on binge in Australia. Oh yeah. And um, it's reviewing really well. Everyone who I know who's seen it has said it's great. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, 
Yeah, I watched the first episode and it was in fact very good. Oh, sick! In my opinion, the Joel casting was great. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure on the Ellie casting, just because I, I've, you know, I've seen Ellie through all of The Last of Us Part One and Two, mm-hmm. and so I don't know if she can necessarily do all of that stuff, mm-hmm. um, just based on the range that I've seen her have so far. Mm. Um, but I'm willing to go along for the ride to see how she goes with it. You know, like it's uh, yeah, yeah, she's good. Um, and I like the that they sort of re-characterized some of the characters and um, redid some of the the way that the cutscenes were handled. So, like, um, I think a good example of like punching up that they did was there's that scene at the start, the famous cutscene where mm. they're driving through the town as they're trying to escape, and there's a bunch of people running around, and then they get into a car crash right before they have their first zombie encounter. Yeah, uh, or the second zombie encounter, and. Um, in, in this time, in this one, I was like watching it, waiting for the car crash to happen, but instead, a plane falls out of the sky, and oh. crashes into the street for higher than. I was like, "Fuck yeah, that's dope!" We should have done the game. And they just did a great job of it, like having the right. little, you know the visuals of the plane falling it being the thing that caused the whole thing to collapse. So, oh man, um, yeah, that's I'm stoked to hear it's good because like. Uh, you know, a, a lot of video game movies aren't that good or at yeah. most are divisive, but like yeah. fucking sick to sound like they might have knocked it out of the park. And I, um, yeah. I saw a, an article today saying they've got, um, season two, like they've been signed Cute. off to do it. Yeah. So like, yeah, maybe, you know, because like with video games you often do like in in narrative based games you do spend a lot of time with these characters and maybe maybe tv series are where it's at maybe it's just gonna like translate better than a a two and a half hour experience at the cinema yeah yeah totally i think that's probably a good point there's something to the format of tv that maybe lends itself a little bit better to the sort of semi-episode at least in naughty dog's case it's almost like a semi-episodic cutscene scenario where like you play a bit of game you get a short cutscene yeah smash yeah. those cutscenes together you got a tv show um, <laughs> yeah 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 anyway so that's good stuff uh cool. the final piece of news is uh justin roiland is leaving squanch games after just a month after the game came out uh his game was a high on life that comedic quote-unquote comedic shooter um <laughs> Yeah, it was and the the most. It broke records for like the most played game on Game Pass. That's right. Yes, it was. Uh, it became 2022's most popular Xbox Game Pass launch. Wow. Um, he he voice men, voices many of the characters in High on Life and is currently facing two uh, felony domestic abuse charges from 2020, um, as well as a bunch of other unconfirmed. Um, screenshots of text messages between him and underage fans and it's just looking real bad justin roiland right now right yeah i saw adult swim dropped him so like yeah they've got a bunch more rick and morty seasons on the way and uh yeah they rick and morty are gonna have different voice actors yeah i mean there's all these i saw some fantastic tiktoks of people um posing as you know, the Adult Swim voicemail inbox listener, like, <laughs> whose job it was to, like, listen through all the really awful, you know, Rick and Morty impressions. Oh, <laughs> it's very God. good stuff. Because you know that there's, like, every voice actor who can sort of do Morty out there is, like, <laughs> calling up. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, yeah, I think, look, I, I think... Oh, I, was, I was talking about this last night with Laura, actually. It's like, 
you probably can maintain um, a bunch of stuff. You know, you sort of just like head in the same direction, um, whether or not how you know how much of Royland's influence needs to be like maintained for it to be a good show, or it might even be a better show as, as a result to not have that you know semi or, or terrorist approach to creating the content. So I don't know, maybe it's going to get better. Yeah, yeah, um, I can't, I can't say. I'm, I've been keeping up with Rick and Morty, but those last few yeah. seasons have not uh, have not been good, as good as the first few, I thought. Totally. Yep, yep. There's, I think there's a few hit and misses in the most recent. I haven't finished the most recent season, but yeah, there's, it feels like kind of lost. Mm. Um, and yeah. so maybe this will give them the chance to steer the ship in a direction that's, that's good. Realign. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And so that's all the news, baby. That's all I got for you. Hell yeah, I got I got a bag chip. I got one bag chip. Yeah. Um Yeah, uh I don't really know how to talk about this, but ballapp.net is live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just uh I, I whipped up a website to post video game reviews to and uh it's live. You can check it out. Ballapp.net. <laughs> Ballapp.net, that is B-O-R-L-A-P dot net. That's right. Um, uh. yeah, I mean, there are just written reviews at the moment, um, which obviously isn't going to be everyone's cup of tea, but, uh, yeah, I really enjoy writing reviews. So I just decided to, you know, put together a framework. So I've got somewhere to post them and, uh, yeah, there you go. That's hella awesome, dude. I haven't had a chance to read them. I thought I'd read them on the train, but I was too hungover to do anything. <laughs> so yeah. I will read them soon. But yeah, it's um, it's just Darian as well, folks. So if you if you want some Darian Sands Joe content, which is hard <laughs> to come by these days, um, uh, then this is where you want to go for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, but um, I'm yeah, I I haven't got any videos, but I would like to try and do some video stuff but yeah i literally mm. have to learn how to edit videos to do that so for now it's just going to be written reviews and then yeah when i when i post a video i'll let you know hell yeah man hell yeah uh, um <laughs> <laughs> help help uh so this week's topic um I was I was inspired by our our deep and meaningful conversation about combat being overrated the other day, yes. um, and and one of the things that we talked about was how prolific RPG mechanics um, are in video games right now, and I thought it would be pretty cool to explore. Um, so yeah, you can just sit back, relax. Absolutely. Um, I'm ready. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take you through some shit. So what do we got here? Um, all right. So I guess, uh, man, all right. I'm not really sure how to start this. So I guess like it's no secret that RPG mechanics find their roots in tabletop games, right? Like at the very beginning, uh, you know, it was, it was all about D and D and like yeah. these days, sometimes it shows up like in Disco Elysium. And sometimes it shows up like in God of War Ragnarok. Um, but I think to fully understand the gravity of these concepts, we're going to take a temporal magic carpet ride. Oh my God. Um, so I'm going to take you way back to 1974. Um, we're going to uh, hit up a diner, grab a milkshake. Because um, 
I don't know what people did in 1974. Um, <laughs> then we're going to step through to 1983. Uh, Catch Metallica, debut Kill em All. You know what I'm saying? Wait, 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 wait. So we didn't do anything in 1974 no, except no, drink milkshakes? Well, no, I'm just giving you the uh, the overview. So we're gonna, we're, <laughs> this is where we're going throughout the Magic Carpet ride. So okay, we'll, okay. we'll start in 1974, then we'll hop, Got it. skip, and jump to 1983. Okay. Yeah. Um, after that, we'll uh, trot along to 2009. That's um, okay, yep. And then uh, the final jump will we'll land back uh, in the present, where, to be honest, like things are no less than dire if you're looking to avoid RPG elements in, in your video games. All right. Um, all right. So let's get, let's, get on, let's get on the magic carpet. All right. So I thought but... I was on it, but there we go. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm just being a real pest. <laughs> All right. So so we we go back. We're in 1974. Uh, D&D has just dropped, as have the panties of nerds everywhere. Um, mm. We've got Dave Arneson and Gary Gygax, which is a great last name. I mean, Gygax just sounds like a type of monster you'd find in D&D. Yeah, it's very fantastical. <laughs> um, anyway, it was published by a company they ran called Tactical Studies Rules. Um, and man, this is this is ground zero. We're talking character classes, abilities, experience, hit points, leveling up. I mean, wow. hit points, Joe. Uh, none of these concepts made an appearance before D&D. And That's crazy. I know. I think I knew that on some level, but that was like super impactful data for my tiny human brain. Like, I so, can't believe hit yeah. points didn't exist before 1974. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I wonder... When was the first... This is not part of your presentation. You don't have this information. When was the very <laughs> first video game? Uh, it was 1958. Wow. Um, it was a really, really rudimentary version of tennis. Um, oh, that's and, it, right, yeah. and it was created by a physicist. I can't remember his name though. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it was like on an oscilloscope or something, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so there was no hit points in that. Um, no, there was no hit points in that. Wow, Absolutely. That's crazy. Not. 1974 first hit points. I feel like you could go earlier and find some, but sh like, how did they invent all this stuff? These two brohams. Right. And so, and so D&D &D is a big deal, right? Mm, um, mm, so huge. a little, a little while later, but still earlier than you might expect, um, all these concepts go digital. So <laughs> the pages of history are a little murky here because we have two games that first appeared around 1975. Mm. Um, we've got Dungeon and we've got Moria. Um, so these are accepted to be the first video games that incorporated RPG elements. So I'm going to spend time focusing on Moria just because for me that was a more interesting name than Dungeon. Uh, <laughs> and it's obviously a Lord of the Ring reference and we're all Lord of the Ring simps. So yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and like researching this was really fun because like there's just like not a lot of clear information here. So um, Moria was developed in either 1975 or 1976, mm. and it was a 2D D&D adjacent dungeon crawler that could support up to 10 players. So like, yeah, you had like a little 
local network. It had dynamically generating dungeons. Um, like, dude, it honestly sounds sick. Um, it was developed on a university campus. Wow. Um, and so keep in mind, like, this is only three or four years after Pong, right? So, like, yeah. you got you got ten of your big D&D nerds, like, on this digital thing with generating dungeons. Like, this would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and, like, it was kind of kept, uh, you know, they kept updating it and eventually it, it, it ended up being, like, a 3D dungeon crawler with all the accoutrements found in modern turn-based RPGs. So there was, like, you know, melee, ranged attacks, magic, enemy sprites, um, all that shit was there. So, like, they, they had... They, like, went into the 80s with this thing. Um, right. Which was, like, fucking super cool to read about. I had no idea that they, like, had digitized D&D as, like, a, a pretty... Like, it sounds like a pretty damn good experience as early as, like, 75 or 76. Mm. All right, we're going to get back on the magic carpet. And then we're going to fast forward to 1983. Uh, we got the release of Panorama Island, and uh, this is the very first action RPG. So, game designer Yoshio Kia um, was responsible, and he'd go on to create the Dragon Slayer series. Oh, wow. Um, so, though Kia saw success and he earned renown for his efforts, it actually wouldn't be until 1986 that the action RPG as its own genre would just destroy the mainstream. So, you know, he, he arrived on the scene three years before 1986 and, and, you know, basically created what is considered to be the first. But uh, any guesses at the title responsible for convincing the masses that action RPGs were the future? Oh, I couldn't help you there, man. You're going to have to tell me. <laughs> All right, 1986, it's The Legend of Zelda. Oh, no way. That's 1986? Yeah, the first Legend of Zelda was 1986, mm. and that shit was huge. Um, I mean, yeah, we're still feeling the tremors of, of the 1986 Zelda quake right now. Um, Absolutely. It's still raging, bro. There ain't no tremors. This shit's popping off. <laughs> yeah, so I don't yeah, I don't know if I knew the first Zelda was that old, yeah. but yeah, there you go. Nineteen eighty-six. Um Alright, so a new day is lighted by the dawn that is February fifth, two thousand and nine. Uh we got a game, and I, I appreciate that that's a large jump from 1986 to 2009, but, like, mm. if, we're, if we're just looking at the, the big kind of uh, action RPG earthquakes, we got a game in 2009. Uh, it's the first game in a series that would birth such popularity that a whole new subgenre would be created to describe the endless simulacrums that would follow. Uh, we got Demon Demon Souls. Souls. Yeah. We got Yeah, we got Demon yeah. Souls. Um, I mean, this is like the quintessential action RPG, right? Like, it's got real-time gameplay, it's got all those elements the mind can conjure, it's got, like, that delicious setting. Um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, Demon's Souls changed a lot, and it obviously birthed the, uh, the Souls-like. Although we wouldn't kind of see other games that weren't made by FromSoft being called Souls-like until after Dark Souls. But yep. Demon's Souls is very clearly the first kind of, you know, 
the big the big head honcho that that started the the snowball at the top of the hill. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, interesting. I was just looking up the the Demon Souls release date because when you say two thousand and nine, I was like, I was in my gap year in two thousand and nine, and then we were living together. When were we living together? Was two thousand ten? Yeah, or eleven. Two thousand ten. Okay, maybe I was at college in two thousand nine. And in any case, Japan had the the early release for Demon Souls two thousand nine, Feb fifth, and then it was NA uh, North America was October sixth, two thousand nine, and then PAL didn't come until june 25th 2010 right wow so, so we got it like a year later yeah we were quite delayed on that one and i remember being like in my uni class and my lecturer at the time was talking about demon souls and i was like this feels monumentous in some way <laughs> Some, <laughs> something's happening here i um, i remember the first time you showed me Demon Souls, you like, yeah. I think you must have come home from your lecture and you were like, dude, I heard about this game called Demon Souls. Check out this trailer. Yeah. And like, or maybe it was like a video review and it, it just, it looked amazing. And mm. it was like, I remember the reviewer saying that the game teaches you to get better just by playing the game. Like it's, yeah. it's not like there's level ups and all that kind of thing, but really what, what is going to help you on your journey the most is like understanding timings and move sets and all that kind of stuff. And at the yeah. time I was like, well, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, so yeah, Demon Souls, absolutely massive. Uh, all right, so it's time to alight at our final magic carpet stop. It's uh, February 2023, uh, and we got a bunch of mechanics and concepts that started out on paper 50 years ago, uh, and they're in most AAA video games. Um, so I did, I did like, I mean, this is kind of uh, arbitrary, and I don't know if, if this is going to fly, but you can let me know. Um, so, so I basically Google searched AAA video games and I got like a big list of 27 video games and only one of them did not utilize any wow. RPG elements. Um, so there were a few games where like, uh, the character doesn't level up, um, or like you level up your abilities and, and weapons rather than your character, like in Deathloop or like Ratchet and Clank. Um, but I mean, all of these games made use of HP at the very least. Right. So you're considering having a HP pool to be an element of role-playing. Yeah. Just for the, just for the like 50 years ago, D and D, um, definition, but yeah, we, we, we will, we will cover the other stuff as well. Um, but yeah, the one game that didn't use any elements, so no leveling XP abilities or even HP uh is super smash bros ultimate and i kind of think we can agree that even this pick is a bit of a cop out like mm. the percentage system is legit right because like the standard system works differently than hp but there are modes you can play where you start at 100 yeah, um, percent yeah. and the game ends when you hit zero percent and that's just hp with extra chips yeah yeah i mean wow that's crazy can you list off a couple of other contenders on the list for the potentially no rpg elements or were they all just like oh everything has hp i mean everything does yeah i mean i got the list here um but maybe i'll give you a, a quick 
just some info about the list. So like, sure. um, yeah, like I say, it's kind of arbitrary, but it still does a pretty good job of like demonstrating that RPG elements are here to stay. Um, and the list, uh, and again, like if you, if you Google AAA video games right now, maybe the list will be slightly different, but like from the games that I've got here, they, they are, they are kind of big, pretty big, big, big games. Um, <laughs> uh, but they range between, uh, 2004 and, uh, 2022 as, yep. as far as their releases go. But yeah, like just to, just to read a few out. Uh, we got Witcher 3, Red Dead 2, Grand Theft Auto 5, Doom Eternal, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Resident Evil Village, Near Automata, Deathloop, Monster Hunter World, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Alien Isolation. And I did have Alien Isolation on that list until I played it a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, oh shit, this has hit points. I, uh, I don't remember this. And it's also got crafting and a bunch of other stuff, but uh, yeah. Not not going to make the black and white doesn't have RPG elements list. Um, but yeah, like just, you know, Bioshock Infinite, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, just a lot of games um, are really leaning into that, that RPG style. Um, mm. But I should say, like, the way we use the term, like RPG elements or RPG mechanics... I don't think I'm referring to hit points when I use that term. Like yeah. when I say they're just, you know, putting all this padding into God of War by having all these RPG elements, I'm talking about like all the finicky leveling up systems, the resource management, the like 10 million different, you know, bits of gems you need to attach to your axe pommel. Um, like that's generally what I think of when I think of RPG elements. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess if you're going from like the purest perspective of being like, you know, does it have HP? Therefore it is an RPG because there's, you know, a, a, I don't know, man, like there's, there's also the angle of, um, taking it very literally of role playing elements. So it, if you're playing a video game, your well, most video games where there's like a character that you play as then technically <laughs> every game is being played you're playing a role oh my god that's a great point um but yeah that i mean that just kind of strengthens my point right where like yeah. well well technically that is what role-playing game means or you know that's what it could mean when we say rpg yeah. elements it isn't really what we mean yeah yeah we really mean like there's like a skill tree and it's exactly. like a level up system and there's like crafting or whatever like yeah is crafting working crafting's on there or do you reckon i'm kind of missing the point with that one um i th i mean i think without all the original rpg stuff like around abilities management of inventory like there's no way we'd have crafting without that stuff um yeah. so while it may not be specifically an rpg thing i think it's definitely a result of of having like role-playing game stuff be such a big part of video games yeah yeah, yeah. interesting um so yeah with that with that kind of um contemporary definition in mind um i wanted to ask you if you have like any recent memories of like a refreshing take on rpg elements in a video game so like 
whether it might be like a unique set of RPG elements or like a lack of RPG elements of like in a video game that you played? Um, I think for like a novel set of RPG elements, um, that Prey, most recent Prey game, where there's like hardcore, I think I was texting you about this, there's hardcore elements to the role playing that you can do where like, you know, you get a tear in your suit and then if you go outside, you lose oxygen way faster and you can get a burn, which you need to like craft some burning stuff to heal. Like I like how thorough that stuff is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's cool to see when, you know, I, I don't remember it being in the base game. Maybe it was, but it's still, it's cool to see there to be an option to like pump up the amount of role playiness in a game mm. like that um, mm. where you can really like also it's, it's like similar in tarkov as well you know you really like lean into like oh i broke my arm so i need a uh, whatever it is like a specific type of med to fix it a splint or whatever yeah um, yeah that's that's really cool and i feel like i mean it it kind of does depend on on the type of game and like what kind of experience you're going for but I love that that's there as an option, you know, compared to just like the Far Cry yeah. 3, my bones sticking out of my skin. I'll just, I'll just whack a patch on it or whatever. Like, yeah. yeah, I love that injuries are like hyper specific and require certain things to like properly patch them up. Yeah. Um, and then there's Hyperdemon, which I feel like is also, is like, there's not really any RPG in that. It's just, you got zero HP, pretty much. You got one hit. You don't take. You take a hit and you die. You know, there's no yeah. real yeah. concept of knowing what your health is. Yeah, um, yeah. There's no upgrades. Um, there's like a little menu that teaches you the game, which I don't think you could consider part of an RPG element. <laughs> um, there's a, there's a level up system. No, not a level up. There's a um score system. It's like a leaderboard. Um, yeah which i don't think that's like rpg necessarily um so yeah, yeah. i think hyperdim is a good example of like there's barely any rpg in that at all solid call out yeah and i think like it's funny you mentioning the score system and being like that's not an rpg element because it's not right that's super arcadey or whatever mm. but like i feel like a lot of online games have like an rpg version of a score system where like yeah you know in online call of duty you you kind of your online like you level up but it's like yeah. the score that level up le levels up if that makes sense yeah 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 there's like a um you're you're uh what is it you like you don't get new abilities or maybe you do you get like different types of loadouts or whatever or you know you can you can afford to do different things at higher ranks mm -hmm. yeah. um but like the actual experience doesn't really change it's not like you get like you know, more powerful gun or whatever. You just get the same guns as everyone else. Right. Yeah. Um, you, you yeah. Just, you get a pink backpack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get the weed flavor. Um, <laughs> I love bringing up weed whenever someone's talking about Call of Duty. I think it's just one of the funniest things. Ever. Um, <laughs> what else is there? I think Dwarf Fortress is an interesting one because like you don't necessarily play any role. Um, but you witness a bunch of other like NPCs playing roles. Right. Um, so like you'll, you'll set up like a, um, like a smithing table or whatever. And one of the characters will go into like a foul mood and, and become like, you know, require a bunch of ingredients. And then 
the thing that he ends up making goes on display and inspires other dwarves and all that sort of shit. So there's just like lots of little stories happening all around the time, at, you know, while you're playing that game. Oh my god, that game sounds so interesting to me. Yeah, I want to get back into it. Um, yeah, it's very unusual. Um, not many you, other games out there like Little Fortress. Yeah, you were saying that's an old one, right? That just got re-released or remastered or something? Yeah, so originally Dwarf Fortress was all in ASCII. Like, you could, oh. like, unless you knew how to read the game, you couldn't really play it because everything was, like, you know, zeros and ones and at symbols and ra random, you know, ASCII symbols. No shit. So, yeah, they released this version of it that makes it graphical. So, you know, the cow looks like a cow and not like a number eight. Right, 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 right. Yeah, they recently updated, uh, someone made a mod for it, which allows you to sort of see even better. There's like, they've added depth to the buildings because you can build up and down into a fortress. And so mm -hmm. people have like made these crazy bases that are completely vertical going up instead of going down into the mountain. And so you like, you get to see what they actually look like, which is pretty cool. Oh, sick. Um, yeah, dude, anyway, I mean, yeah. those, those are great picks. Um, yeah. when I was thinking about this, like there weren't many games I could come up with, but, um, like, for me, I think, like, unironically, my pick would be Breath of the Wild. Um, just because this is a game they could have crammed to the brim with character leveling and abilities and stuff. Yeah. Um, but they didn't. Like, they, they give you all the abilities at the start of the game, which I, I, I don't know what the disconnect is for me, but for some reason, the abilities in Breath of the Wild don't feel like character abilities because they're, like you use the Sheikah Slate, if that makes sense. It's kind yeah, of like right. if you're, like you were playing a game and like your weapon was imbued with all the abilities Link has. Um, but yeah, like the, the all of your interactions are with the world itself, you know. It's not with the crafting menus or the, the whatever. And it just like, yeah, it, yeah. Felt, it felt really refreshing to just like have all these weapons and you can just wield every weapon you pick up you know there are no stat requirements um i just thought it was really fun and i was like oh man it's been so long since i've played an open world game or a game that kind of should feel like it has these elements and it doesn't and it like mm. i really loved it for that yeah that's a really interesting point actually it kind of feels like all of the abilities that link has in that game at least before you get like the actual you know uh what do you call them the, the beast beast abilities or the oh memory of, i don't know what they're called yeah yeah the um the divine beasts do give you do give you things yeah but yeah that's yeah. interesting i kind of didn't even consider them to be abilities <laughs> but yeah. they are no, but i mean before those at least though, all of link's abilities are like you know human verbs like jump climb chop Right, you know, like stuff that humans do. It's not like cast magic spell or whatever. Or yeah, like, yep, yep, yep. You know, it's all very grounded in um, in reality, which I like. I like that sort of simplification of the role play. You're not like you know doing crazy things. Totally. Um, you're just being a dude who can jump and climb stuff. Totally. Um. Well, shit, dude, that's kind of, that's all I've got for uh, this week's presentation. That's all right. We can do a short one this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm we not just not opposed did, to that. We did that fat Kentucky episode last week. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was really fun to go back at, like, 
yeah, it, it blew my mind when I was researching it and, like, HP just didn't appear before 1974. I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, I was doubting myself so much as I was researching <laughs> this. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it doesn't appear to. And um, I almost went off on a tangent regarding Dungeon and Moria, you know, those first dig- digital yeah. versions, um, because they would go on to inspire Rogue, um, which is a 1980s video game, which is the reason we call things roguelikes and roguelikes. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. I remember Rogue. Yeah. Wow. And, and so maybe that's another topic for another time, because I'd really like to do a deep dive on Rogue, because, yeah, like, that shit just... Yeah, it's weird, because, like, like I say, it was inspired by Dungeon Amoria. Like, it didn't invent permadeath. You know, that's a Dungeons & Dragons thing, and it probably appears before that. But, like, it really doubled down on the, like, randomly generated things. Yeah. Um, and I think it just took some of the elements that you see in Dungeon & Moria, like generating dungeons and, like, the permadeath facet of Dungeons & Dragons. And, yeah, it just, like, made it faster and more accessible, you know, like it streamlined it so you could yeah. begin playing really quickly. And, like, yeah, that's... I mean, that's literally the game that invented just one more run. <laughs> yeah, totally. I would love to do an episode on um, rogue lights and road lights and all that sort of stuff. Um yeah, it's. I'm still blown away about that as well. Like, what were people doing before HP was a, a system? You know, like how, and how did they have the genius to invent something like that? Like, that's pretty mind-blowing to me. Oh, dude, totally. Like, and not just HP, but, like, experience and abilities and classes. Yeah. Like, there's so much originality coming from one place. Yeah. And, um... They laid the groundwork in the most <laughs> yeah. literal sense. <laughs> yeah, and I think, like, you know, the first edition Dungeons & Dragons is fucking convoluted as hell. Mm. Um, but, like, you know, 50 years later and you're at fifth edition and it's really just kind of stripped back all the superfluous stuff that doesn't strengthen those original concepts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's just crazy, like, how good those ideas were and it's just really obvious how good they were because they're just everywhere today. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Dungeons & Dragons is a whole other topic as well that would be cool to do um, mm-hmm. now that we're getting into it again in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, there's, like, trying to describe how to play Dungeons & Dragons to people who aren't, you know, don't really play video games or don't know what Dungeons & Dragons is, it's such mm-hmm. a strange thing because it's like, oh, you kind of can just do whatever your mind tells you you can do and like is allowed within the system of the game like yeah yeah if you want to go and seduce the barmaid then you can do that or if you want to like try and sneak past the guard then you can or if you want to just leave the whole campaign and take a horse and leave town then you probably can do that too but (laughs) your dm's not going to like that but yeah you (laughs) you technically can yeah Um, like it's just it's just like the the um game for the uh, the imagination and so i think it's like a hard thing for people that don't play games to grasp and even people who do play games to be like i just do whatever yeah um yeah so, and that's kind of special that a game that's you know invented way back in 1974 kind of started to allow that kind of really abstract way of playing a game totally and and it is worth mentioning you know like with dungeon and moria like it had generating dungeons but a lot 
of the uh like duties of the dungeon master happened off screen like right. you know like descriptions and like here's what happens now like a lot of that stuff happened off screen but on screen like they could do the combat and you know they could like provide a layout to a tavern and all that kind of stuff um yeah but yeah if if y'all are curious you should definitely just like google moria or dungeon 1975 video game and just look at some look at some images because yeah it's like it's like looking at the matrix it's really it's like super rudimentary and it's just like man i can't believe like this thing supported 10 players on a network like nearly 50 years ago. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine the excitement of those nerds when they were must have been playing that for the first time? Oh my god. Yeah. It it would it would be ridiculous. It would be yeah. ridiculous. It actually kind of like um because, you know, it was developed on a university campus. I don't I don't have notes on which campus, unfortunately, but like it just reminded me of the scenes uh from the social network by David Fincher, you know, where like mm. they, they'd be designing the algorithm that Facebook would eventually use to like show people who you might know and that kind of thing. And yeah, I was just imagining basically like the Dungeons and Dragons version of that. Yep. Yep. Totally. Bunch of nerds sitting around inventing shit. It just like <laughs> changes the world. Yeah. yeah very yeah. cool. Fucking bonkers. Um, yeah, but that's all I got, brother. That's all right, man. I'm, I'm happy to have a slightly shorter one. What with me flagging and everything. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, uh, yeah, if, if that's all we got to add, we hope you'll have a lovely weekend and we'll catch you all when it's almost the weekend again. Kiss you. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>